Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome into the Stacking the Box podcast. I am Sterling Holmes. No Ian McMillan. He was doubtful with a illness. And unlike Max Crosby, he could not bounce back. So Ian McMillan, uh, he's been downgraded to out for today's show. But Mike Luciano will be filling in in his place. Mike, how are you? Well, I'm upset we couldn't get a Michael Jordan flu game, but I will dutifully do my best to sub in for Ian. Uh, Feeling okay because I actually think I might be on track to go play in the NFL because I scored as many points as my beloved New York Jets did this weekend. So yeah, look at you. That, if that's the barometer for success, maybe I can get in. I won't turn the ball over three times like Trevor <laughs> Simeon. I'll get sacked on every play, but I won't fumble it like Simeon did. Uh, you say that now until you get hit by a dude chasing you. Uh, I think the ball might be popping out. We've got a lot to talk about today. Who's going to make the playoffs? Biggest winners and losers. Uh, Eagles look terrible yet again in the year of the backup quarterback. Before we go any further, Sleeper. Sleeper ad. They are joining us, stacking the box, as we are partnering with Sleeper Daily Fantasy to give new users a first deposit match up to $100. Make sure to use our code FANSIDED2 when signing up to receive your deposit match. That is FANSIDED2. Please remember to always game responsibly. Scan the QR code on screen to see if you qualify. All right, Mike, let's start with biggest winners. I'll let you go first here. Biggest winner for this past week. I mean, there couldn't be a bigger one than Baker Mayfield, right? Uh, 381 yards and four touchdowns and the first player in NFL history to have a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field against the Packers. I'm just happy for him because for so much of his career in Cleveland, Carolina, LA, not really LA, but Cleveland, Carolina, he had horrible coaches, number one, and then number two, horrible coaches that kept getting fired and they keep churning new ones in. Even though I'm not the biggest Todd Bowles fan, I think the world of Dave Canales, his offensive coordinator, Geno Smith won't shut up about how great he is. He's finally in a system where they believe in him and he believes in them. And look what's happening right now. They're pulling off some good wins. If the season ended today, they'd host a home playoff game and they play New Orleans week 16. I think there's a very good chance that the Bucs end up winning some of their last few games. And then Baker Mayfield is hosting a home playoff game. I think at this point it would be even though I don't think he's necessarily like a lock to be a franchise guy, he has to be the starter next year, which considering what they signed him for and what his value was when they signed him, what a comeback for Baker Mayfield. Considering Baker Mayfield is only 28 years old, he is a lot younger than you might think he is. Again, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback either, but you have to start making that hard decision as he uh, might be getting the Buccaneers into the playoffs. For me, biggest winner, Colts, Houston, Seahawks. Three teams, obviously, in the playoff hunt had to have it. Seahawks last night, which we'll talk about more a little later on in the show. You know, this was a game that you think they're dropping. Backup quarterback against the Eagles, right? Tough game. Drew Locke gets it done. 
that was a huge win for the Seahawks, keeping their playoff hopes alive. Then Houston, without C.J. Stroud, found a way to get it done. Then finally, the Colts perpetually underrated this season. I don't know how to view them. Like, I don't think they're a good team, but yet here they sit at 8-6. and six, Gardner Minshew and this team getting it done. All of the issues last year seemed to be resolved defensively on the offensive line. This is the offensive line we were used to seeing in Indy. They are back. So for me, the biggest winners are those three teams. I'm just so upset we didn't get to see Anthony Richardson with this team. It would have been so damn fun to see him the whole year. Well, now Gardner Minshew, where is he going to end up next year? He probably oh, earned some, himself some a strong going to give him like the Nick Foles Jaguars contract, and then he'll, <laughs> I just can see it. I like Minshew, but I mean, I, I can see that happening a mile away. Uh, biggest loser. Who do you got here, Mike? It's going to be a guy that you know pretty well, uh, Kadarius Tony. And I don't want to seem like I'm picking on a guy in a 27-17 win, but that was a game that Kansas City, I think, should have romped in. And that was a struggle for a large part of it. And then Tony, with his new trademark move, which is off his hands, bat the ball around and get intercepted, which is now the second time this year we've seen that because it happened in the Lions game. You can make a direct case now that he is like the receivers have just lost two games for him. The, the Philadelphia one with Valdez Scantling right of his hands. And then the Lions won with Tony, who's having pretty much as bad of a year, like for a wide receiver that plays a lot, pretty much as bad of a year as you could possibly have. I remember looking up his numbers because I hear Tony all the time. I'm watching the Chiefs. I'm like, all right, they got to be throwing at him a ton. He didn't even have 200 yards this year. He has six games this year of 10 or fewer yards, and yet every game I hear his name five times because he's doing something stupid. Like Kansas City, just because of the Mahomes factor, is going to be fine generally, I think, this year. I'd, I'd be stunned if they like don't win a playoff game, but the fact they keep trotting him out there, I don't know. I know they're not working with a ton, but at a certain point, you got to say enough's enough, right? Yeah, I, I could not agree more. And by the way, I would say at least three games because the Bills game, uh, he was lined up offsides. So three games where the Oh, yeah, of course that was uh, him. <laughs> yeah. Kadarius Tony, not complaining about it. Not having the best year. Tony has been very frustrating to watch. And I, I'm starting to, I have questions. And maybe you'll, you'll have a good answer for me, Mike, here. Because this happened to me. Everyone keeps saying talent, 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 right? They're enamored by his talent. And, and I was too. But I think we've been fooled. I think sometimes we equate athleticism with talent, um, like, like, like Darius Hayward Bay, right, or, or, or John Ross or John Brown. You know, we, we get so enamored with 40 times and quickness and speed and all that stuff. You got to catch the ball. You got to be able to use that speed for good, not just be fast. Like, I, I don't remember. Do you remember Dante Hall? Dante Hall was good, though. Good, no, no, no. You, great, great return, man. But but no one said because of his athleticism and quickness and speed that he was going to be this elite wide receiver. No, no one did. But for some Tony reason, is, Tony, we did. And I, and I don't understand. I think we're getting fooled in equating athleticism with talent. He's Gen Z Tavon Austin is what he is, where people got so enamored by the tape. I mean, everybody did. Those West Virginia teams with Tavon Austin were fun. And I feel like people forgot to check, oh, wait, can the guy actually play? Because like when he is juking five guys, it looks cool. The punt return to the Super Bowl, I mean, that that validated the trade immediately. But, I mean, that doesn't necessarily excuse everything else. One really cool play. That doesn't mean Desmond Howard was a great player because he had that punt return to the Super Bowl. Guy can't play. 
Yeah, and so when you look at it, Kadarius Tony, he'll, he'll probably get in his snap count cut back even more, but Sky Moore placed on the IR for Kansas City. Richie James, looking like, according to Andy Reid, will get a bigger sample size at wide receiver. Eventually, McCole Harbin will be coming off of the IR, and then Justin Ross uh, remains to be seen how much he gets involved as a season uh, regular season at least, is starting to come to an end. For me, my biggest loser was the Eagles yet again getting their ass kicked. Eagles look like frauds. Ian McMillan called it. I thought he was writing a little hot take article. Uh, he was not. He was correct. Uh, too bad Ian's not here to hear me give him his, uh, his, his flowers because the Eagles look horrible, man. Bad. Jalen Hurts, what happened? I know you're sick, but I was sick watching you play football. Um the defense is atrocious. I mean, that secondary is bad. I mean, the defensive line, don't get me wrong, is still very talented for the Eagles, but they're not getting the sack numbers they had last year, even with the talent they have. And then that 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 secondary, I know they've had some injuries. Don't, don't get me wrong, but they're bad. That's one of the worst secondaries in the entire NFL. And I do wonder if a lot of the coaching change has anything to do with it, because you do see a lot of the same players, but the regression has been noticeable. Obviously, as I lost uh, Jonathan Gannon uh, to Arizona, and then the Jags to me. Jags needed to have this game. Jags had everything going their way. They were, what, 8-3, and three, and now they sit at 8-6? and six? Man, now the Colts, now the Texans, all sitting there at 8-6 and six with you. You thought the AFC South was locked. Someone put the key in. It's unlocked. Wide open. I don't want to be too hard on the Jags because, number one, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, the discussion was going to be, is he going to play ever again in this season? How many? How much time is he going to miss? He didn't miss any time. And then, unluckily, he gets maybe the two best defenses in the league, Browns, Ravens, back-to-back. I mean, on, on one leg, I don't think that's ideal either. But Sit I think what, what the Ravens game, I think, exposes, I just don't think outside – because I think Lawrence is still really, really good. I just don't think the Jaguars roster one to 53 is as good as I thought they were. Like, I think Calvin Ridley's not a number one receiver. I feel like they're trying to make him one, but he's not. The offensive line was playing pretty good earlier in the year. They just haven't been very good the last couple games. ETN was unbelievable to start the year. Travis ETN, he's kind of slowed up lately. Like Lawrence, I think kind of over, like he he was a band-aid who kind of hit a lot of those issues. Now I think he's a little compromised, and I think you're seeing that. Like Obviously, I think he didn't have a great game against Baltimore, but it's Ravens defense, and he's got a half of a good receiver in Calvin Ridley, and then that's kind of it as far as wide receivers go. So I, I just need to – like when Jacksonville was healthy, they were beating everybody they were supposed to beat, and their losses were to teams, you know, Kansas City, the Niners, teams that are better than them. So I just feel like they're kind of regressing to the mean here too, and I think the injuries came at very inopportune times. Yeah, I think Christian Kirk has been a big loss for them offensively, obviously. But I've never been enamored with Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he's bad. I think Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. I just don't think he's great. I thought the the the, the talks about him being elite and in the same category as Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. I I, I think it's asinine. I, I I think he's a good quarterback. Top I don't 10 think quarterback. I think if he's top ten, he's ten. Like he he to me, and this year I think proves it more than anything else. Is he as good as Dak Prescott? Like he's not as good as Dak Prescott, at least this season, right? Dak's having a great year. That's that's cherry picking. I understand that, but but Trevor Lawrence to me is more so a Kirk Cousins type quarterback than he is a Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, or Mahomes quarterback. Again, you can win with him, 
but you got to have a lot of talent around the dude. That, that, that's my thought process when it comes to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Chris Albright has a good, uh, good, good take here, I think. A lot, a lot of fun. Hot take. Instead of picking Jalen Carter, might have been smart to have drafted a wide receiver or DB. I, I think David's back would have made the most sense, honestly. Um, there were a couple guys they could have gone with. Um, Christian Gonzalez, obviously he ended up getting injured for the Patriots this season, but that was a guy who I was very high on. Shocked he fell as far down as he did. Again, when you have that much depth in the defensive line, I understand Jalen Carter's been incredible this season, but your D-line's already so deep. You have a lot of question marks in that secondary. Wonder if that would have been a smarter pick there. Um, I guess Carter was in that rare tier where you're like, how the hell did this? I mean, we know why it happened, the off-field stuff. We know why he fell that far, but it was just a point where you're like, all right, because at the time, the the secondary wasn't great, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, we need two more defensive backs like we do now. Yeah. So I guess they're like, let's just take best player available, which was clearly – like, I I don't fault Howie Roseman for that, especially with Carter being as good as he is. Well, in the pick uh, before Kansas City, they went with the uh, Georgia – uh, edge rusher. Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith. Again, I, I think you're onto something here, Chris. I think they, they, they're trying to bolster a strength. They can only get so strong while the rest of the team starts to flounder. Uh, all right, top story. Which teams are going to separate and make the playoffs? There's been so much average to above average football be, uh, being played this season. So many teams at eight and six, seven and seven. Um, how do you see it shaking out here, Mike? Because there's so many teams and a lot of teams with backup quarterbacks, teams that I thought were going to start sliding down. Well, they're still there. The Browns, they're still there. You look at the Bengals, they're rising up. Like Jake Browning is winning more games than Joe Burrow was. Again, Joe Burrow is being injured, but still Jake Browning is finding ways to get it done. You know, I mentioned no CJ Stroud, no problem. Texans got it done. Drew Locke keeping the Seahawks alive. I mean, you look around Gardner Minshew with the Colts like that might be the most underrated one. What do you think of the uh, crowded playoff rates right here? Well, I think now a lot for a lot of the, the playoff race, it seemed like a lot of the backup quarterbacks were honestly going to get in with teams like Pittsburgh. They've kind of fallen off lately. Minnesota coming back to earth recently. I think finally they're starting to have a little bit of a regression in the mean. Even Buffalo, who looked like they were dead and buried, they're back into it now. It looks like they're probably, I think, going to be make a playoff, be one of the playoff teams just because they're peaking at the right time. When, when I'm looking at all these teams, all these seven and seven teams, which by the way, there are seven, seven and seven teams, and there are five, eight, and six teams in the NFL. So there, there's a lot of mid. Oh, and there's three, six, and eight teams. So there's a ton of mid right now in the NFL. When I'm looking at them, if I had to pick a couple, I'm just looking coach quarterback immediately. And I think that's eventually where you're going to get your answers. So when I look at teams like Jacksonville, eight and six, I feel confident in Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, at least more so than some of the other guys. Houston, I feel very confident in guys like D'Amico, Ryan, CJ Stroud. Even though they're young, I feel like they've both shown to be exceptional in this particular area. And then I'm also looking at Cleveland. They might be the Cleveland's really the only exception, in my opinion, because Cleveland, I don't love Stefanski. And obviously, Joe Flacco at this stage of his career is Joe Flacco at this stage of his career. They just had this Death Star defense that completely runs people over. Hey, Joe Flacco got it done last game. I mean, the interceptions were bad, don't get me wrong, but when the game was on the line, Flacco stepped up. Well, if Darnell Mooney catches that pass, man, then we're having a whole different (laughs) discussion here. 
Oh, the Bears could be eight and six too. They had like three choke jobs. The Bears could legitimately be in the playoffs right now. Um, they didn't have Eberflus. Let, let, let's stick with the AFC right here. So you think Jacksonville holds on and then wins the AFC South, correct? Even if they don't, I feel like they're going to be one of the wild card teams because okay. they're scheduled to end the year. They play the Titans and Carolina. So I think that's probably two wins right there. So for, then you have Jacksonville in. Okay. I think uh, they're in. Miami and Buffalo, um, I think – actually, Ian and I talked about this last week. We don't think Buffalo's out of winning the AFC East. We think that there's a decent possibility the AFC East actually ends up being a Buffalo Bills team um, because they're playing some damn good football right now. So then you have both those teams in, right? I Which, feel like Buffalo's going to be in also because of the schedule too. They're at the Chargers and then home against the Patriots. Well, then who do you have – Falling out and then making it in the AFC because again you have Cleveland at nine and five, Cincy at eight and six, Indy at eight and six. Right now the six and seven seed are Cincy and Indy, Houston at eight and six, uh, Buffalo eight and six. I still think Jacksonville, skin of their teeth, wins the division. Okay, I think right now Cleveland Cleveland seems like a lot to me. Agreed. I would for agree. For the wild that. card, just because yeah. the defense is is what it is. I think Houston sneaks in, and I think Buffalo sneaks in. So that unfortunately leaves my guy Shane Steichen and the Indianapolis Colts on the outside looking in in the AFC, which is a shame because I think Steichen might be a coach of the year guy. I mean, he picks Anthony Richardson, game three or four, done for the year, and yet here he is getting this team who nobody thought would be good with Anthony Richardson, let alone with Gardner Minshew. He has him on the doorsteps of the playoffs, and look at what the Eagles' offense has become without him. Realistically, Week 18 is going to be the most crazy week we have seen in NFL history. Oh, it's the, you know how they always do the Sunday night game where it's always some pivotal win in your end thing? There could be like four win in your end games. Oh, easy. I mean, you're looking at it right now, the, the Texans and Colts right now, if, if they hold serve, that might be for a final playoff spot. Um, or even to an extent, that might be for the AFC South. Uh, again, you look at Buffalo. You look at their schedule. Week 18, who do they play? The Bills? They, they play the Dolphins they in play Miami. the Dolphins, right? I mean, you look around the, NFC, the, the, the NFL, especially in the AFC right now, uh, Cincinnati, their final three games. Who do, they, who do they play week 18? The Bengals? They play the Bengals, right? Okay, the, 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 the Bengals have a very difficult final stretch, okay, because they play the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Browns. But the Steelers are not technically out just yet. Week 16 upcoming. This is going to be a huge game for the Steelers. And I feel like Mike Tomlin just, I mean, he hasn't had a losing season yet. Every year you think, oh, this is the year. It's all finally going to go to hell. And then it it never does go to hell. But then if you look at Denver, they play the Patriots. Buns. You play the Chargers. Horrible with Easton Stick. Then you play the Raiders. I, I, I mean, you look at the NFL right now, especially in the AFC, and there's just so many ways the uh, the cookie can crumble. Um, I'm looking at as I think Jacksonville does hold on. I think they do end up winning the AFC South. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and say Buffalo and Miami. I think that Week 18 game is going to be for the AFC East. I'm going to go on, on a little. Do uh, you think the Dolphins are losing their next two games? Uh, they only have to lose one more. But, yes. I mean, it could happen. It's Cowboys Ravens. Cowboys Ravens Bills. So yeah, we looked at this last week, and so I had the Dolphins ending up as the wild card with the Bills winning the AFC East. I have the Browns in, right? So it leaves one spot left. Oh. Don't the CJ Stroud propaganda got to me. Dude, I 
You know who was on C.J. Stroud and the Texans this year? It was this guy, preseason. But I think they're still a little early. I, I, I like the way the Colts end the season. They, they, they play the Falcons, who I don't think are any good. They play the Raiders, who I don't think are any good. I know they put up 63 points. Come on, they're, they're fooling you. Um, and then they, they play Week 18 against the Texans. The issue is it's in Indy. Give me the home team with a chance mm-hmm. to make the playoffs. They blew it last year, right? Remember they had the chance to make it, and then they blew it against the Jags. This year they learned their lesson. They'll make it in. I'm. It's close. I just – maybe part of it is a rooting thing too. Like ideally you'd want the seven best quarterbacks facing off against one another. Hey, I, I want to see Stroud <laughs> in the playoffs too. Hey, to, to, to make my preseason prediction, I want to root for the Texans too. Come on, I, I was high on them, but I'm also trying to be unbiased at this point in the season. I think the loss of Tank Dell uh, has been a underrated talking point about against this Houston team. Again, your Jets put up 30 against the defense, right? I mean, they were just so banged up, I and mean, they were pulling hot, the hot dog vendor out to have him play wide receiver that game. But that's not the defense. Yeah, but I think the defense just got put in really like unadvantageous situations. Like a couple it's of the, the Jets. At the end, they, they were put up zero. I'm, hey, I'm with you, man. It's the Jets' offense. I'm telling you right now, that game in particular gave me a lot of cause. I I love the way the Texans are building this team right now. I loved all of their offseason moves. I love their draft. But I'm telling you right now, that game gave me so much cause to pause, especially offensive with no Tang Dell. They were also missing Dalton Schultz and Nico Collins got banged up by Gallo stuff. But defensively as well, that may have been my biggest talking point, my biggest takeaway. They might not be there yet. A Colts team that can put up a lot of points. They play very weird games. Um, I'm going to take the Colts at home in week 18, and that's going to be the uh, the deal breaker for me. Now, looking at the NFC, obviously San Fran, Dallas, Philly, those three teams are in already. comes down to who wins the NFC East, Dallas or or um, or Philly, uh, the Eagles had an inside track until they blew it last night against Drew Locke. Uh, Detroit right now is leading the NFC North, and in the atrocious NFC South, uh, right now Tampa Bay is in the lead, sitting at seven and seven. New Orleans is seven and seven as well, but Tampa Bay has the tiebreaker. Maybe this might be hot takey. I feel like there's going to be two NFC South teams in the playoffs. Because I feel like the, the Saints play the Rams on Thursday Night Football this week. Mm-hmm. I feel like whoever wins that game is going to be one of the wild cards. Because the Rams are 7-7, seven and seven, and if they win, then they're 8-7 and seven with Sean McVay, one of the best coaches in the league, got a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford still cooking. Puka Nakua Cooper Cup, as good of a one-two punch as we've seen in the NFC at wide receiver st- just this year, performance-wise. So that could be enough. And then if New Orleans gets it, they're eight and seven. Derek Carr, it's easy to make fun of Derek Carr. He really has turned a corner. Last six weeks, his passer rating is like 105. So he is playing better. I like the defense. I think they got some winnable games coming up. I feel like whoever wins this Thursday night game, that's one of the wild card spots. Obviously, either Philly or Dallas is going to have one of the other ones. And then I just feel like Minnesota is going to fall out of it. Yeah. Because... I, they, I got a credit to Kevin O'Connell. I don't know why Vikings fans want him fired, but Kevin O'Connell, I think, has done a very good job in some really tough situations because he loses Justin Jefferson. Then he gets him back and Kirk Cousins is gone. He, he's really He's got all the juice out of this orange that he possibly can, but I think they're eventually going to fall off because Nick Mullins and Josh Dobbs or maybe Jaron Hall or whoever the quarterback is, I don't know. As good as Brian Flores' defense is, I don't know if that's a viable recipe for success in the NFC. Yeah, 
I thought the Vikings were going to make the playoffs even after their horrendous start to the season. I kept saying I was pounding the Vikings train, and then, of course, Kirk Cousins went down. Uh, I'm out on them now. I feel bad to an extent because I think they're a better team than some of the other teams that are probably going to make the playoffs. End of the day, injuries happen, and last year everything went their way in one-score games. This year they've lost uh, a game of the Cardinals by one, Vikings by three, Eagles by six, Chargers by four. Um, they, Bengals last week. Yeah, well, yeah, they they um, there's another one point game they lost to. Uh, they lost to the Broncos by one, the Bears by two, um, and then the Bengals obviously in that three point uh, overtime loss. But their schedule is very tough. They play the Lions twice still, as well as the uh, Green Bay Packers. So to me, I have the Vikings. The schedule, the Bears fan made the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so the Viking, I have the Vikings falling out. I have Seattle making it because you look at their final three games: Titans, Steelers, but that game's at home, and then against the Cardinals, uh, that could easily be three and zero for Seattle, especially if they decide to go back to Geno Smith. Who knows? Um, obviously, Drew Locke had a great final drive, but up until the point he was struggling. This is coming from a Mizzou fan, although I will say that uh, finale was phenomenal. Are you, are you out on Green Bay too? You think they're out of it? Because they got they got Packers, Vikings, Bears for the last three games. Or Panthers, Vikings, Bears, rather. Yeah, man, that's easy. Uh, they, I don't think two teams from the NFC South make it. They play each other too much. They're going to beat up on each other. Someone's going to have to win those games, and they're, they're going to knock one, one of them out. So I think it's going to be the Rams in Seattle um, that get – oh, man. Yeah, because I think, I think the Rams beat the Saints this week. But then I think the Saints end up making the playoffs in the NFC South because I think they'll beat um, uh, Tampa Bay uh, week 17. God, that's a horrendous division. Yeah, really <laughs> I re- the only one worse I remember, I think the Panthers went 7-8-1 one year with Cam, and they won that division. And then they won a playoff game because the Cardinals had Ryan Lindley, who's like the worst <laughs> quarterback I've ever seen. Him and Tim Boyle are the two worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. <laughs> and I think they won a playoff game that year. That was the year before Cam went crazy when the MVP – They won seven games and won a playoff game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, let's talk about the the, uh, the Eagles again because I, we brought this up last week. How big of an issue is there in Philly right now? Because I like a lot of the pieces. Like you look at the roster, and I think it's a very talented roster. But then you see James Bradbury getting cooked by JSN. He might just be washed at this point. Darius Slay has not been the same big game Slay that we have seen. We've talked about the secondary, but the defensive line, as good as they are, we're not seeing a lot of the, the same pressures and sacks from last year. Uh, not just defensively, offensively. Jalen Hurts does not look to be the same guy. Um, 
What have you seen from this Eagles team? They're they're on a roller coaster going down right now. Can they ever get back up? Well, I do think it's funny that after the Chiefs beat him in the Super Bowl, they tried to make Jonathan Gannon look like this clueless buffoon who had no idea what he was doing. And then he ends up getting a head coaching job with the Cardinals. Sean Desai looks infinitely worse than Jonathan Gannon ever did with mostly the same players. But I got a bone to pick. As much as there are problems schematically with the Eagles, I think that putting vaunted offensive coordinator Matt Patricia in charge of the defense was a bad decision. The Desai hire didn't make sense. They got old really quickly. Like Darius Slay was great last year. He just got old really quickly. Same with Bradbury. Kevin Byard hasn't really been the addition I thought he would be as a safety. They don't really have a linebacker. They had TJ Edwards. They didn't pay him, so the linebacking core is really bad. So unless they don't get consistent defensive pressure, the defense is bad. But I got a bone to pick with this fan base, too. Because, admittedly, as a Jets fan, you don't like the AFC East fan bases. If you take that out of it, they might be the most reviled now. Because these tweets I'm seeing... Brian Johnson, the worst offensive coordinator in the league. Nick Sirianni, this is a true tweet. Nick Sirianni is a puppet head coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. I'm I'm more embarrassed than I was in the 4-12 and season where Andy Reid got fired. Like, can we get a grip for two seconds, please? Like, there are problems with this Eagles team, admittedly. The offense, yeah, it is a little vanilla. I think they should be getting more out of Jalen Hurts right now. Hurts has made a lot more bad decisions. Than he did last year, especially when he's playing from behind, too. I think what made him so great last year is they were always up and he could just run you over with that great offensive line. They're not doing that this year. But the, the sky is not falling. This is a 10 and 4 team for crying out loud that still has a very good offense. Jalen Hurts has 31 total touchdowns this year, even with some of the problems. The front four is still very good. They just need to figure out a way to get better defensive back play. Maybe it's too late in the season, but you know what? This is still a good team. And I think if any team in the playoffs gets Philly, I don't think anybody's going, oh, yeah, we get the Eagles. They're terrible. They have a horrible coach. Nobody's thinking like that. Like, can we can we calm down, please, Eagles fans? I know that you, you got a reputation to play up to, and you got to be angry for the bit and all that. But, I mean, come on, guys. You were 10-1 I mean, with your only loss being to Zach Wilson. A couple weeks ago, for crying out loud, and you looked unbeatable, and it was, oh, they're going to just coast to the number one seed. Like, like, things don't change that much when everybody's healthy in three weeks. I, I will say, coming from a guy who's wearing a 76ers pullover right now, okay, <laughs> they, they got to calm down. They got to calm down. Um, I still think they're a good team. They're not a elite team. But outside of the 49ers, there's not an elite team in the NFL maybe right now. Baltimore? The Ravens are the only one you can make a case for. But again, it's it's the same thing. You said maybe Baltimore. I said the same thing. It's always, well, maybe Baltimore. If they're a maybe, I don't think they're there. The Niners are the only team in my mind right now that you're sitting here, yeah, that's, that's an elite team. It's wide open. Every team has issues. Every team, the Eagles right now are like Kansas City pointing at each other. Great team, but one fatal flaw. The secondary versus the wide receivers. Like it's very similar. It's like it's very similar how close they really are. And you looked at that game that when the Chiefs played the Eagles, what it came down to was the Chiefs couldn't take advantage of the weak Eagles secondary. That's what it came down to. Um, who was worse, the Chiefs receivers or the Buns Eagles secondary members? Chiefs receivers. That was the correct answer, apparently. So that's what it comes down to. I mean, every team has a flaw. So 
everyone's so upset. I know people in Kansas City with the receivers, the Eagles fans with the secondary. Um, you know, you look at Baltimore, I don't think there's really a fatal flaw necessarily. I think their wide receiver play could be better. The loss of Mark Andrews was huge, but Isaiah likely has been stepping up. You look at Miami, you know, you look at times on the defense as well as the offensive line. Um, Buffalo Bills, right? Their inability to have anything go besides Josh Allen until recently when James Cook has been a massive factor. Like, every team has flaws. Detroit, whenever they, like, play a big game, the defense doesn't really show up, so... Cowboys, Cowboys, same same thing. thing. They didn't play a team over 500 their ass. Like, it's the same thing. Every team has flaws, and that's why this playoff uh, this year is going to be incredible. That's the funny Uh, thing, too. One thing about the Eagles, too, it's – It'd be one thing if they did like a Marlins after they won the World Series and just tore everything down. And then they're like, oh, the secondary is bad. Like, this is pretty much the same team. And then they're acting like this yeah. is some great indictment on the coaching staff and Howie Roseman. It's like last year they were great and you loved them. Now there's some minor decline. I mean, the, the biggest decline, I think, has been with Slay and Bradbury on the outside. But again, like how is that the coaching staff's fault? Sometimes physically guys just don't have it as much anymore. Well, the Chiefs wide receivers, same thing. It's the same thing outside of Juju Smith-Schuster and the addition of, of Rasheed Rice. The issue is the veteran, MVS, has regressed, and Sky Moore also regressed, which you don't expect a rookie going into a second year to actually regress instead of get better. Kadarius Tony also regressed. Can you regress like, if you're Tony? Like, is there a point to regress to? Like, can you go yeah. through the ground to regress? Like, I don't think you can. <laughs> tough but fair uh all right i want to talk about the year the backup quarterback because that's what this year has been i mean you look around the nfl and we've talked about playoff teams with backup quarterbacks how impressed have you been with the level of production from backup quarterbacks which backup quarterbacks do you think are legitimate and going to get an opportunity to start next season and you know have we been undervaluing the backup quarterback for too long have we been undervaluing or should i say even overvaluing the quarterback play of a starter making way more of a difference like you look at you mentioned it with jacksonville like you can have a really good quarterback but if the rest of the team is not complete you're not going to get a get a ton of wins cc chargers justin herbert but perfect yeah i mean that's that's but, the best but i think that Looking at the backup quarterbacks, too, like it's easy to say like there's just been almost like a renaissance of backup quarterback play. But if you look at the ones where they're playing the best, it's also teams with good offensive coaching staffs. Jake Browning in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor, very well regarded. I don't know why his brother, the OC for the Jaguars, is not as good as he is. But anyway, Cincinnati is regarded as a great offensive coaching staff, and Jake Browning's playing very well. Gardner Minshew in Indianapolis with, uh, with Shane Steichen over there. Then if you go to backups that don't have very good offensive coaching staffs, the, the cavalcade of Giants quarterbacks, Easton Stick with the Chargers, Zach Wilson and all the, the rest of the guys in the clown car with the Jets, it looks as bad as anything. The Jets have one or fewer offensive touchdowns in 12 of their 14 games. That's what happens when you have – Kansas City and Houston were the only two where they had two or more, and they have zero in four of them. That's what happens when you don't give a backup quarterback a good offensive coaching staff. Because a good offensive coaching staff can at least identify, even though he doesn't have the talent that like a Joe Burrow or an Anthony Richardson would have, they can identify where he's really good. And they can figure out a game plan on a week-to-week basis to get the most out of him. When you don't have that, I feel like teams can get very defeatist with their backup quarterback. And they go, well, nothing really matters. It's a backup quarterback. Let's be super safe, super conservative. Don't try to have him make a mistake. 
even the Seahawks were doing that with Locke before the the last drive. Everything was short and dinking and dunking. Like I, I really don't want to be one of those guys where it's like you got to hire an offensive coach because Belichick, Tomlin, Carroll are defensive coaches. D'Amico Ryan's was the, is a defensive coach. He's going to probably win Coach of the Year. So I'm not on that. But if you have doubts about your starter, it just helps so much to get an offensive coach because it's just you could see the gears turning and you could see how they're getting put in good situations. Like if, if Jake Browning was on the jets right now or the bears or the Cardinals, is he performing like this? I don't think so. Even Gardner Minshew, if Gardner Minshew was on the giants or new England or Carolina, is he playing like this? I don't think so. Of these guys, who do you think gets a long-term opportunity or at least short-term opportunity a la Baker Mayfield to start again, right? Because Baker was going to be the perpetual backup, got an opportunity this season in Tampa. Geno Smith, perpetual backup, got an opportunity to start last year in Seattle. He kept that opportunity. You know, of the, I think Drew Locke's obviously too early to say he had one game and quite frankly, one drive. And even on that drive, he had a couple of questionable throws, right? (laughs) Well, that's Drew Locke for you. But 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 who do you think has an opportunity? Let's say like New England might have a spot open. Let's be real now. Um, Chicago might be a little interesting with whether they draft a quarterback or not. Justin Fields might hit the open market. Where is he going to go? New England obviously is a spot, though, I think, where everyone's wondering who is going to be the guy. The Jets, what happened to the Aaron Rodgers? The Giants, Daniel Jones coming back, but is he still the dude? Um, Sam Howell, how, how convinced are you in Washington? I mean, there, there'll be some spots, right? I, I, there's always going to be spots. Uh, you, you look at um, the Raiders. Is Aiden O'Connell the dude? Pittsburgh? But, but but Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, like who do you think of these guys who've got an opportunity this season? Who do you think sticks as a starter next year? Are you gonna laugh at me if I say Brock Purdy? Come on now, <laughs> come on now. I, right, I, I gonna get at point, you. I've, all right, I've, I've accepted what Brock Purdy is. He's not the MVP, but I've accepted that what he is. I, I think damn Minshew, good. Minshew, if anybody, I feel like is gonna get. A legitimate starting offer because number one, he's played. It's not just like a three, four, five game sample size, which is always the tough part with backup quarterbacks. It's gauging well, it's anybody can look good for five <laughs> games. Is that because he's good or because he just got hot for a month because nobody had tape on him? Minshew at least has years of even though he wasn't just lighting the world on fire, like he was a pretty good starter in Jacksonville, serviceable backup in Philly, and then he goes to Indy and he's performing at a level we can get them to the playoffs. So Minshew is the one. Where I think legitimately he could end up getting a starting role. Outside of that, th- maybe I could see somebody getting fooled with Jake Browning. Like if he keeps playing like he is the rest of the year, and if he gets the Bengals of the playoffs, and maybe if he, I don't know, wins a playoff game or even performs really well in a playoff loss, I think some team might be like, all right, we'll make you like a fringe starter in front of our rookie quarterback kind of thing. Like on a Washington, the Giants, something like that. But that's all dependent on Jake Browning still continuing this Jeremy Lin Lin sanity run that he's currently on. Like Minshew, and I would have said Jacoby Brissett in Washington if he got kind of a longer leash, but he hasn't really played a lot this year because of Sam Howell. I, I do think by 2024, Minshew is going to be a week one starting quarterback. I don't think it'll be with the Colts because I think they're going to move ahead sure. with Anthony Richardson. And I think he's kind of played himself out of regular backup money, which is what the Colts are probably going to want to ask for him. I think somewhere Minshew will end up being a starter. 
Yeah. Uh, all right, now let's head into next week's bets. Okay, Mike, let's do it. Let's we, do it. Uh, we were on a heater last week, for me at least, because I went two and one, and that constitutes a heater in my book because I am uh, not very good at this, but somehow I've been very lucky all season long, and I am exactly now 500, 22, 22, and one. Yes, there's a tie. Uh, Ian went one and two last week in week 15. He is sitting at 20 and 22. He's been on a, uh, a cold streak. He was crushing. He was like 16 and nine at one point. Uh, we got to get Ian right. Maybe that's why he's sick today because of uh, his performance for the past couple of weeks. Uh, he took Sounds the like he's running from the music. Sounds like he's ducking the... <laughs> criticism here <laughs> he, he, he took the falcons minus three last week they lost to the panthers i took baltimore minus three and a half they easily covered uh last week he had jets dolphins under 40 and a half that one hit for him as he jets as you mentioned did not score i had vikings Don't remind me <laughs> i had vikings Bengals over 38 and a half that was easily over uh, and we both had Bears over Browns. We couldn't think of a good upset one last week. And if you look around, there weren't a ton of upsets to be had. We thought that game was looking good the entire way. And then the fourth quarter happened where the Bears choked and Joe Flacco turned back into 2012 Joe Flacco and got it done. If I'm looking at this week, though, this is this is like a bet the house on everything. Like go go and double what you got. Like pay for kids college. Everything bet like that. Slam, Eagles minus ten and a half this week. Because I love it. I, I there's just something about good teams when they get embarrassed in prime time, and then the next week they go crush. I mean, look at Miami. That Will Levis and the Titans have a crazy comeback against them, and then they just completely humiliate the Jets quarterback difficulty curve what it is it's still a 30 to nothing win in the nfl that's really against a good defense that's really hard to do i have a hard time believing the eagles against tommy devito who i am sick of as an italian guy from central jersey i am sick of tommy devito and the whole yeah, like, hey, yeah. pasta meatballs devito thing i'm i'm getting sick of it <laughs> yeah a dude whose last name's luciano i think he's got a good insight on this one i'm qualified to, to speak on these issues I'm sick of Tommy DeVito. Seems like a nice guy, but I'm sick of the whole his agent wearing a pinstripe suit like he's freaking Al Capone on Monday Night Football when he knew the TV cameras would be on him. I'm not I'm not like happy he's losing. He seems like a really nice guy, and I'm happy that it was kind of like a great undrafted success story kind of thing. But I feel like last week against the Saints, he kind of regressed to the mean a little bit. And I feel like the Eagles are going to be really kind of out for blood after – a really embarrassing Monday night loss. I feel like they're just going to open up a can of whoop ass on the Giants. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, there are actually a lot of uh, spread picks I liked this week. Uh, Dol- or the Eagles was one. The one I like is the Dolphins over the Cowboys. Dolphins, uh, one and a half point favorites. Again, the Cowboys can't be anyone good at home. I mean, it can't, can't be anyone good on the road. Um, you know, they, they've struggled anytime the Cowboys play any good team. They get beat. They get beat bad. Again, I think Miami has a maybe not quite the home field advantage over other teams uh, because the Cowboys play in a dome, right? But I do think there's something to play in warm weather at this time of year compared to playing in the snow and the cold. Um, but I, I like the Dolphins a lot at home in this game. See, the, the thing with me, though, if I'm looking at this at this schedule, because I'll, I have some thoughts on Dolphins-Cowboys a little bit later. Because I don't know if I necessarily agree with a lot of that because I think this could be prime upset territory. But if I'm looking at this week too, 
like the over under bets are kind of funny to me because there's so many like under 40 point games, which is yeah. kind of emblematic of kind of what's happened with all the injuries this year. And I think the fact is defenses have adjusted very well. Another like slam slam it pay for a vacation kind of bet is under 36 and a half in Packers Panthers. Because like we know what Bryce Young is in when Bryce Young's bad. So honestly, so bad that I remember I was having this discussion off the air with somebody where I said, if Carolina had the number one pick would they some people at least think about going with, with a quarterback again. I mean, that's how bad it's been for Bryce young this year. So why is it under, even though Jordan love is, has 25 touchdowns? Well, cause oddly enough, Carolina's got a really good defense. They're third yeah. in the league in yards allowed a Giro Rivero, despite all of this, I think is honestly going to get head coaching looks because he's performed really well with key guys getting hurt. And, and and the fact that their offense is always putting them in bad positions, that defense is still really good. I mean, they they won a 9-7 game last week. This is this looks totally like a 13 to 10 or a 16 to 13. This is gonna be just a slugfest. It's gonna be nasty. Yeah, I love that one. I also love Commanders at Jets under 38 and a half. Uh be under eight and a half. Yeah, Jets, Jets offense is atrocious. They still have a very solid defense. Man, I yeah, 38 and a half seems uh, crazy. Unless Aaron Rodgers completes the, the greatest medical miracle comeback ever. And, and you think he's putting up 24? <laughs> like, no, I'm, uh, like, I'm, I'm so out on that. The, the under in that game, which means, of course, the over is probably going to hit. But the under in that game, I've never been more confident at picking than in this game right here. It's like Iowa at the end of this year where their unders were like 24 for an yeah. entire game. And they'd hit because it would be 13 to 7. Uh, all right, then finally, we'll do the upset pick. Uh, you're going to break my heart here, aren't you? I am, because I'm going Cowboys over Dolphins. Because what was the main criticism of the of the Cowboys? Well, they can't really beat any good teams. Guess who else doesn't beat good teams that often? <laughs> Dolphins. <laughs> the Cowboys, it's not going to be cold December Buffalo weather. It's going to be pristine Miami weather, so you're not going to have that. And I'm going to apply the same Eagles principle to this, where – the Cowboys got their butt kicked in front of everybody. Big, not a primetime game, but a window everybody was watching against a good team. Pretty much outside of this game, Dak had like 25 touchdowns in an eight, nine game span. I mean, that is an unprecedented heater for Dak Prescott. He's going to, I think, get back on track. Now, granted, Miami allowed zero points last week, and they're going to put Jalen Ramsey on CeeDee Lamb, which could really throw a wrench into things, but. I just feel like Dak is on such a high level. I can't expect two clunkers in a row in a pivotal situation like this for the Cowboys. I, I feel like two was going to get his, but the offensive line, while I think better than people say it is, it is banged up. And then you get Micah Parsons against the banged up offensive line. I don't know if that's necessarily a, a great omen for the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm still going Dolphins. I, I just do not trust this Cowboys team against anyone good. I don't trust Tua. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's it's very untrustworthy game, uh, which hopefully makes for a good one for me. My final one, uh, my upset pick is Commanders over your Jets. Mike, I'm sorry, but the How Jets are they favored. They can't score a point. Literally, I, I, it, it blows my mind. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm 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 rolling, rolling with Sam Howell, slinging Sam and the Commanders. <laughs> the fact that this team. Did the Jets had four total yards of offense in the first half last week? Mm, good, good. It's or, more than three. It's more than it, three. It is more than three, uh, marginally. 
But after this week, like once you say, once you score four yards and a half, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if they were playing Carolina with Ben DiNucci, an XFL guy, playing quarterback. You can't overfavor because they're at home. What good is home? Do they get killed at home too? They threw a hundred a hail, pick six on a hail mary at home. Uh, if you want to follow Mike true. Luciano and see his incredible just fandom of the Jets shine through, follow him at by Mike Luciano. You can follow me on Twitter as well at HomestretchKC. Ian will be back. Uh, I feel bad. Hopefully, he feels better. There's nothing worse than getting sick before the holidays. Uh, Mike, well, there's holiday. no cure for it like watching Taylor Heineke play football. I'm sure that'll. That'll fix everything up. (laughs) Uh, And no show next week as we will be off for the holidays. So everyone, have a great Christmas. Happy holidays. Going to be fun. Watch some football and witness the unfolding of madness that will be the NFL Week 16. Until next time, we are out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.